Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from Jeb Bush headquarters, it's the Fourth and Inches show with Jenna and the Sherpa. Jenna, I don't know if it's a sign of the apocalypse or not, but can you believe that fantasy football, daily fantasy football, was actually brought up as a topic late in the Republican presidential debate last week? I know, so weird. I don't like when I don't like when our lives coexist with politics and in fantasy football. That's just strange. But that sounds like an onion story. Uh, <laughs> right? Jeff Bush drops out of presidential race to spend more time managing fantasy football team. That sounds like yeah. something you'd read in the Onion. But yeah, that, that was kind of, I mean, Christie's reaction was kind of priceless. But then you realize his state is the one that's trying to crack down on these. Guys, when they you know shake them down after the you know the professional sports leagues were fighting against you know legalizing sports betting in New Jersey, so Christie, that was a bit um, disingenuous on his part to make it sound like he couldn't care less about fantasy football when he's been trying to shake down the industry for for money. But uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, my beloved Giants, of course, lost a shootout to. The Saints last week. Um, your Cowboys lost a hard one to the the so Seahawks. Fair. So, so yeah, fair. it's it's if it's not Cole I, Beasley, it's the Seahawks. Like, what is going on in my life? Two yeah, more weeks. I just, Two more weeks, and Tony Romo will be back. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to win another game until he's back. But uh, we'll we'll see if you concur with that or not. But so. Yeah. Um, what else do we have to talk about besides Jeb Bush's being seven? I don't know if he won this week or not. Do you? I don't know. I don't know offhand. I'll have to – maybe I'll tweet him we'll while we're on the air and see if I get a response. Yeah. But um, <laughs> So we still have four undefeated teams. You know, Green Bay bit the dust this past weekend, but you know, I have a feeling they might return the favor to another undefeated team this week. We'll see. Uh, Colin Kaepernick and Josh McCown are out as starters. Joseph Randall is now a former Cowboy. I'm sure you're pretty upset about that. And then there's a whole slew of uh, – whole slew of key injuries and uh, uh, accompanying waiver wire uh, pickups to go through this week. So why don't you uh, start in on the injuries, starting with uh, the guy who I'm sure uh, most people are gnashing their teeth about, and that would be um, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, he he tore his MCL. He's done for the year. There's allegedly some other things happening in his knee, but really the point is he's not playing again this season. Uh, apparently only he or Ben Roethlisberger can be healthy and on the field at only one of them at a time. So I guess now it's Big Ben's turn. Uh, it was not a good day to be a running back, but Reggie Bush tore his MCL in in a weird play. I'm sure that, that whole St. Louis stadium is going to get looked at later, but he uh, he's done for the year. Matt Forte suffered a knee injury. They're calling it a Sources are saying it's a sprain, one of his ligaments. They don't want to say which. They're not putting a timetable on his return. He's definitely not going to play this week, but from there on out, it's kind of a question mark how long he's going to be gone. Uh, Obviously, we'll be talking about some replacements for these guys later on in the show. Steve Smith tore his Achilles. He's done for the season, possibly his career. That seems to be 50-50 according to his agent, but I really hope he, he does come back. That's a not a way I'd want to end a career, but 
we'll see on that. Uh, Josh McCown is still a little too banged up, so Johnny Manziel, old Johnny Football, is going to be getting the start on Thursday Night Football this week for the Browns. I'm sure Hopefully you're very excited to the about game. that. I sure hope so. Call an Uber or something. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, on the other hand, when I'm not McNabb. starting. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Why not? Uh, Kaepernick's not going to start for the 49ers this week. Uh, this is uh, the best way I've heard it described is a mercy benching. Uh, he He's basically on the verge of crying on the field pretty much every down of the game, and I think they're just trying to save him from that. Blaine Gabbert's going to start. I, I don't expect this to be a long-term thing. I'd be surprised if it lasts beyond this week. Uh, Mitch, it doesn't even last not, the whole game. Yeah, he's he's not the savior. This is not a new direction for the team, despite what they might want you to think. It's still Blaine Gabbert who's got, I think, a career 54% completion rate. Not good. Uh, but anyway, it's going to be a tough, tough week in San Francisco. Vernon Davis just... He's gone, skipped town. He's not even a part of the circus anymore. He was traded to the Broncos earlier this week, and he's had a lot to say since then. Uh, Keenan Allen, Chargers wide receiver, fantasy uh, darling this year, was placed on IR. He's hanging out in a hospital currently with a lacerated kidney. He is done for the year. Titans wide receiver Kendall Wright has uh, a sprained MCL, which he says, quote, feels pretty horrible. He's definitely out this week. I wouldn't be shocked if it's another uh, week or two beyond that. 49ers running back Carlos Hyde is doubtful. I'm much more leaning towards out. He's got a fractured foot. There are not a lot of running backs healthy in San Francisco. They are much, uh, much of a hot mess right now. Carlos Hyde probably not playing this week. We'll see about next week. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick cannot change a baby diaper, but he can throw a football, and the Jets feel he could probably win them an NFL game. So he's going to start this week despite having possible ligament damage in his thumb. He missed most of last week's game after exiting pretty early. Geno Smith did practice fully this week and is ready to go in case anything happens. Julian Edelman has a knee injury amongst many other injured body parts, but this one's the most recent, so keep an eye on that. He was limited at practice today. Uh, unless things change drastically, he should still play this week. Broncos wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders still dealing with that shoulder injury. He was limited today. He's going to play, though. I'd be shocked if he didn't. Uh, in San Diego, it's now tight ends trading places. Uh, Ladarius Green did not practice. He's got an ankle injury. He's pretty questionable, uh, leaning more towards out this week. Antonio Gates, though, who doesn't really know what's going on in his own knee, did practice. He's going to play this week. He played last week. I mean, he just does whatever he wants. I'm cool with that. Steelers wide receiver Martavis Bryant was sick. He didn't practice today. He'll be fine. Uh, Don't read too much into that one. Uh, in Tampa Bay, tight end Austin Safarian Jenkins was limited at practice. He's still dealing with that shoulder injury. He hasn't played in a few weeks. Uh, but he has increased his workload, so hopefully he's on track to play this week. That's what it looks like, but it's still too early to tell. Andrew Luck has an ankle injury that's limiting him at practice. He's also got shoulder and rib injuries, so he's not close to 100%, but he's going to keep playing quarterback for uh, the Colts. T.Y. Hilton, though, has a sprained foot. He's wandering around in a walking boot in the facility. Uh, They're calling it day-to-day. I'd be a little more excited if he didn't have a walking boot on, but we'll see how that one plays out. 
the Titans, obviously they have a new coach, a new outlook on life, and now they're, they've told running back Antonio Andrews that he is going to be the starting running back from here on out. Uh, see uh, Bishop Sankey. It's not going to be his job anymore. Matt Castle, the Cowboys we talked about a little bit earlier, he's uh, got a knee brace on. He got hit in a roughing and passer call. It's a whole other thing. But he <laughs> he has a bad knee. He says he's fine. He's going to play. Realistically, he has to play at this point. Tony Romo uh, started practicing, though, did some individual drills today. That was exciting. He's still two weeks away from playing, though. Marcus Mariota is going to be back for the Titans. He practiced fully. His knee looks fine. Uh, out in New York, wide receiver Brandon Marshall. He's got an ankle injury. He didn't practice. He's questionable. I think he's probably going to play, but he's not close to 100% right now going into this weekend. Eric Decker also didn't practice, but that was more just rest. He's going to be fine going into this week. And Bills wide receiver Percy Harvin still not practicing. Nobody knows if it's his hip or just his quarter-life crisis or what his deal is. No one knows if he's going to play this week, so take that as you will. <laughs> that's a pretty extensive list, and thank you for listening, and we'll be back next oh. week. No, that's, yeah. oh, I can breathe like again. <laughs> I can breathe. I, I always admire you and marvel at how you're able to do that seemingly without taking a breath, but uh, <laughs> especially with a week like this when there's a ton of injuries to go over. Yeah, that's true. We've had six years of practice now, or I should say you've had six years of practice now. So um, so who are some oh, of the people of course, off of the... Yeah. We've got buys this week. This is the only week of the season where we have six teams on buys, which is terrible. I hate it. Um, the scheduling gods have given us one more, quote-unquote, afternoon game. So they're trying to appease me that way, I guess. But you do have Arizona, Baltimore, Detroit, Kansas City, Seattle, and Houston all on buys this week. So definitely down a lot of big names for your fantasy rosters. Uh, Pretty much across the board when you lost six teams, you're definitely losing guys at every position. So you're going to have to get a little more creative this week, but that is what we're here for. I remember thinking at the beginning of the season that, you know, the people that were – taking Adrian Peterson with the first you know, pick in their draft were mm-hmm. you know, making a big mistake. And as it turns out, you know, they're looking like the smartest guys in the room right now because, you know, yeah. you know with all the running backs that have gone down, you, know, you look at Jamal Charles and, you know, Forte and Le'Veon Bell and Arian Foster, this is really just becoming a war of attrition here. And I think never more has it been – yeah, never has it been pointed out more or illustrated more about how you just really need to have, you know, a ton of depth, especially a running back, if you want to have a successful fantasy football team. That is very, very true. And even, I mean, even some of these backups are starting to go down. I mean, <laughs> Reggie Bush was playing for Carlos Hyde and got himself taken out for the season, and now, now they're. And I think Mike Davis, their third string guy, is banged up too. So they may be signing people off the street. They should just. Give Colin Kaepernick a running backs you know, number not, and let him have that. That's not the worst idea week. I've ever heard. I could get on board with that. I would. It would make me probably more interested in watching the 49ers game if that were the case. So, who are who are some of the people um, that you're looking at off of the waiver wire this week to replace some of these uh, injured guys we've been talking about? Uh, Jeremy Langford has got to be at the top of everybody's list. He is going to be. Uh, Matt Forte's quote-unquote replacement for however long he's gone. But 
Obviously, the Bears are a team that are going to rely pretty heavily on the run since their offense is a bit of a hot mess. And the matchup this week is a pretty good one against the Chargers, uh, who are terrible against the run. So that's if if you haven't already gone, run. Don't walk your waiver wire. Go pick this guy up. Um, and then you're going to have, beyond that, it kind of falls off a little bit, but Charles Sims, uh, Doug Martin's probably owned in most of your leagues, but Charles Sims is going to have a nice day this week. Uh, you want to – Tampa Bay's starting to get healthier. They're looking a little better. And then over in San Diego, a guy like Stevie Johnson, who's not going to be owned in all of your leagues, but is definitely going to see some increased uh, targets with Keenan Allen being out. Uh, those are probably the guys at the top of my list. What about yours? Um, I'd probably put D'Angelo Williams ahead of Langford just because, you know, he had a nice run, you know, pun intended, at the – beginning of the season when Bell was out for a couple of games. So if I had the first pick in the waiver wire this week, which unfortunately I do in one of my leagues, um, I would probably be using it on uh, D'Angelo Williams rather than than Langford. But, you know, if I had second or third pick, you know, Langford, Antonio Andrews, I think both of those, you know, all of those guys are are pretty uh, good bets at this point. Yeah, I'm really interested with the the coaching change in Tennessee to see if they look a little bit more towards the run than they had been before because it was just a little bit of a, a wasteland for running backs there for a little while. But I think they, they sort of have to because their offense doesn't work right now. So I'm just interested to see if uh, Matt Leinert suddenly becomes a Tennessee Titans uh, season ticket holder. Maybe. <laughs> Certainly didn't have much that nice to say about Ken Wisenhunt this week. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, he. Whew, that was pretty scathing. Yeah, and I mean to be fair, he was honest and said, you know, that's not why I'm no longer in the league. He didn't quite come out and say I sucked or I spent too much time partying, but uh, yeah, I think that's probably didn't do him any favors. <laughs> Pardon? I said those hot tub pictures didn't really do him any favors. No, no, it didn't really make it seem like his mind was on the game so much. But, uh, I mean, certainly you can't blame a guy for wanting to go out and have fun, but uh, when you haven't really proven anything yet in the NFL, that's um, not the best way to make a, a good impression on either your hey, Johnny team Manziel, or, are you or the fans. out there? <laughs> yeah, he was, he was a whole new person. He goes into you know, alcohol abuse treatment, and then he comes out and, you know, gets in this domestic dispute in a car. I don't know if it's really a domestic dispute if you're in a car, but uh, gets in a dispute in a car. So it's, you know, I don't know, the world's a crazy place. But, um, hey, at least Jeb Bush's football, fantasy football team was 7-0 and going into this past weekend, and I'm still in the process of determining whether he's 8-0 and or Seven and one, or I guess if you factor in the debates, whether he's eight and three or seven and four now. But <laughs> yeah, so, Hard to say. Hard so to yeah. So why don't we uh, hop right into the games here? Um, first up, we've got the Thursday night extravaganza, which Johnny Manziel will be starting for one of the teams. Um, Andy Dalton, your favorite Ginger Ninja, is yeah. starting for the other team. This does not figure to be one of the better Thursday night matchups of the season. In fact, I would probably say it will probably not be in the top 15 of Thursday night matchups this week. I mean, this um, season. So (laughs) uh, I just. You're hating on this one hard already. (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. You just you want to think that Cleveland would you know somehow get their act together. That you know you know Andrew Hawkins would would channel the spirit of Josh Gordon, and that you know I mean really all they've you know, had go right for them this season is Gary Barnage, and that's about it from what I can tell. But um, Cincinnati, I was a little surprised that they were able to handle Pittsburgh last week. I know you picked Cincinnati to win that game, so kudos to you. You were right. I was wrong. But this one, I just don't see how anybody can pick against Cincinnati. I'm guessing even Johnny Menzel's parents would probably be picking Cincinnati if they were picking this game. But anyway, I I think it should be a cakewalk. I know Thursday nights tend not to be the highest scoring games in the of the week, unless you count last week's demolition that the Patriots did on the, the Dolphins. But I'll go with Cincinnati to one. do a similar wipeout here on the Browns. I think the Browns will score a little bit more and the Bengals a little bit less than the Dolphins Ow. and Patriots scored last week. But I'll go with the final score of Cincinnati 34, Cleveland 14. All right. I mean, I, I have Cleveland also scoring 14 points. I've got Cincy doubling them up 28-14. Um, I, I mean, there's not a lot good to say about the Cleveland offense right now. It's always interesting to see what Johnny Manziel is going to look like in that offense. They claim he has a much stronger understanding of, of the offense and the playbook and reading defenses, which the fact that that's news is a little bit troubling, but hey, that's I mean. probably what that whatever. argument in the car was about, the, the playbook. <laughs> it's a cover, too. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, exactly. we'll never. <laughs> Uh, the Browns very, are. That's a very likely guess. <laughs> anyway, the Browns are uh, pretty terrible against the run. Jeremy Hill's got a lot of potential here this week. Uh, there's just a lot of holes in the Cleveland defense, and the Ginger Ninja is definitely going to exploit those. I I just think that maybe there's not going to be as many points as you do, but it's pretty clear Cincinnati's going to win this without too much trouble. Uh, yeah, that's it's just going to be a rough one for Cleveland. Well, stranger things have happened, but is it not many? Yeah, I mean, like I just I feel like Cincinnati, as ugly as last week was, the fact that they can win an ugly game and they can kind of be On in the, the trenches and and win those kind of games makes me believe in them more, which I think is backwards of how a lot of people look at that game. But it makes me feel a lot more confident about their potential after a game like that, coming out of that with a win. Uh, than some of the blowouts, but Cleveland just doesn't. I mean, maybe maybe Johnny Manziel comes in and he really does read defenses better and he has a better understanding of their offense. I don't know why it's taking him this long, but whatever. And, you know, there could be some silver lining there. I just don't think it's going to be enough. Nah, I, I wouldn't <laughs> bet on that. But uh, anyway, should we move on to the the Sunday morning games, as you like to yeah. call them? Yeah, morning games, All right. early games. First up, we've got Pittsburgh with another home game um, this week. Last week, of course, the disappointing loss to Cincinnati, losing Lavian Bell, losing the game. They're hosting yeah. Oakland. Oakland coming off that big win over the Jets where seemingly everybody on the Jets was hurt and the ones that weren't hurt mm-hmm. couldn't tackle anybody to save their lives. I uh, didn't look very interested in it. Not at all. No, they they didn't. It was kind of the turnstile or matador defense that the Jets <laughs> seem to be employing there. But you know, with I I don't know. I just have a feeling Pittsburgh is 
not going to be down and out after that, after losing Le'Veon Bell and losing that tough game to Cincinnati. It's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs, even as a wild card at this point. But yeah, Oakland is right in there in the mix for a wild card spot too. You know, they're not obviously going to catch Denver, but you know, they could, could put it together a nice run. It, for a change, it's nice to see. You know, they have arguably you know, three really good, you know, skill position players now. If you look at Derek Carr, you know, Mari Cooper and Latavius Murray. But anyway, I I think they keep the game close, but ultimately Pittsburgh wins. I'll go with a final score of Pittsburgh twenty eight, Oakland twenty four. I I actually don't hate your score. Uh I had twenty seven, twenty four, so I'm pretty much right there with you. Um I I just think that Ben Roethlisberger, the rust is shaken off. He's going to rebound. He's going to look a lot better. I mean, they they kind of got a little embarrassed last week. Plus, they're wearing the Bumblebee uniforms, which really just added to the whole humiliation. But uh, this week, they're going to come back. Uh, Oakland, it's just, granted, they're not playing the Jets' defense, but the Jets' defense didn't really do anything to slow them down anyway. I just think that Pittsburgh's going to have a little bit more. Uh, I think this is going to be a big day for tight ends. Oakland gives up the most points to tight ends out of anybody in the league. Plus, Keith Miller is just so much better when Ben Roethlisberger is playing. Uh, he got Obviously, his targets increased. He wasn't just a blocker last week, which was exciting. Um, so he's back on track. Watch the D'Angelo Williams matchup. I know a lot of people are really, really amped. They look, They see Oakland. They see that Pittsburgh's at home and... D'Angelo Williams had those two really good games while Le'Veon Bell was suspended, where he had 20 or more carries in every game, which is great. But I just – Oakland's pretty good against the run. People forget about that. It gets a little overshadowed. I don't – I'm a little more conservative with what Williams is going to do. I think he'll be a fine start, um, but I don't think he's going to have week one and week two numbers against this Oakland defense. All right. We'll see. That'll be one of the many interesting – things Surprise. to keep an eye on between Me the buys and the injuries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the week we agreed on all 14 games, I think we were, what, 9-5? and five, So, you know, we even that wasn't right. necessarily – I mean, it's like pretty good, good but, but it's okay. It's, it's okay. Um, Green Bay at Carolina, here's a battle between one team that was unbeaten going into last week and remained unbeaten and one team that was – unbeaten going into last week and took it on the chin when didn't even look like they uh, bothered to show up in Denver there. But I, I don't know. Call me a skeptic, but I still think Carolina is doing it with smoke and mirrors. The fact that they were able they to are. almost <laughs> choke that game against you know, Indianapolis, even with Indianapolis with Andrew Luck playing with you know a broken neck and you know three broken arms or whatever he had. It was there, actually you know, a hologram. He wasn't even there. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> so just between all that and you know, the fact that they barely escaped with a win there, I'm I'm not impressed. I don't think they're as much of a, a fake as the four and Cardinals were three or four seasons ago when they ended up not even making the playoffs, but. It'd be hard for Carolina not to make the playoffs, especially with Atlanta Ugh. imploding, although New Orleans is coming on a little They're bit. They're going to be but, all right. Uh, Atlanta's going to be okay. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they should get back on track this week against San Francisco, but we'll get to that in, a little Boiler later alert. on. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that 
Green Bay is going to knock Carolina from the ranks of the unbeaten. I think it'll be a relatively close game, but uh, I'll go with Green Bay over Carolina 27-24. I have 27-21. Obviously, I'm taking Green Bay. I very rarely actually ever pick Carolina. I think we could probably count on maybe two hands in six years how many times I've picked them. But uh, Green Bay, let's just let's take it, as Aaron Rodgers always likes to say, relax, R-E-L-A-X, like it's going to be fine. Last week was ugly. They'll bounce back. Uh, yeah, they're going to Carolina. It's not like it's a long flight. Uh, but it's, it's Cam Newton and Greg Olson and no one else. No one else is a factor in this game. I just – Green Bay's defense has given up 500 yards the last two weeks. That's not going to happen this week just because it's almost physically impossible for Cam Newton and Greg Olson to have 500 yards between the two of them. Someone else would have to do something, and that doesn't seem very likely. So I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. It might not be the prettiest game, but Green Bay is definitely coming out on top. I just At some point, like this, this – charade has to end and we're at the midway point of the season and this is where Cam Newton likes to you know things start to go dramatically downhill and so I think this this is the week that begins we'll see how now another guy that was you know has been kind of MIA this week and I don't this season and I don't mean Miami is (laughs) um, Eddie Lacy I mean he was again you know a top five pick in most drafts going into yeah. the season, and now, you know, arguably he's not even the most productive runner in his own backfield with James Stark James. starting yeah. to eat into his carries a little bit more. But do you think that's something that's going to continue, or would you think that going forward Eddie Lacy will be a top-five type back? Almost by default he will be just because everybody else is injured. But aside from that, do you think, you know, he's going to bounce back and give fantasy owners a, a good showing down the stretch here? I don't think he's going to bounce back to put up uh, top five pick in your overall draft numbers. Uh, James Starks is better than a lot of people really ever give him credit for. I think they're going to stay more of a two-man backfield. And Eddie Lacy was banged up, and then he had some problems holding onto the ball. And unless James Starks kind of starts to falter here, I think he's going to stay in the rotation, and that's going to – it's it's almost Washington Redskin-esque under Mike Shanahan. Like, you just don't know which one's going to have more touches and, and be the the bigger difference maker from week to week, which is a little annoying. Mm-hmm. I think my money would still be on Lacey there, but uh, we shall know. see. Yeah. All right, next, Very true. next up we've got uh, Washington yeah. at New England. New England having a second home game you know, after – Beating Miami at home, you know, last in the Thursday night game last week. Mm-hmm. Washington, their offense is, you know, two weeks ago they had a good showing against Tampa Bay and won that game. As I was kidding, that was Kirk Cousins' one good show for the season. <laughs> I expect him to revert to form this week, and I think Washington's going to struggle to put up any kind of. Uh, Offense here, their their running backs are banged up. Their wide receivers, you know, Deshaun Jackson. I'm not sure if he's even still on the team. It's been I so long since he played. I think he's gonna play this week. But... He looks like he's gonna. Uh, that's well, word on the street. Yeah. Uh, so you're know. you're clearly not excited about the Redskins this week. <laughs> no, I I just I think 
I was more excited reading that whole story about Deshaun Jackson's uh, home invasion there, but you know, <laughs> I, I just think that there's no way they keep this close. I think this will give the Cleveland-Cincinnati game a good run for its money as being the most uh, one-sided game this week. I'll pick New England to more than double up on Washington. Washington's defense is good, but you know, I don't think they'll be able to contain Tom Brady. I mean, nobody's been able to this year. Yeah. So I'll I'll go with New England thirty five and Washington seventeen. We we have the same difference. It's a little different score. I've got New England uh thirty eight, Washington twenty. It's just yes, their defense has some bright spots, uh, particularly against the tight end. I think Gronkowski's gonna be slowed down some in this game. I'm not saying he's gonna be you know, not fantasy relevant. I just don't think if I'm in a daily league, I want to pay his price for the amount of production I'll get. But he's still going to get you points, don't get me wrong there. It's just not going to be, you know, three touchdowns and 100 yards. That's not happening. Um, and somewhere Jeb it, Bush is weeping. Yeah, probably. But, hey, sorry, guy. Got to be the very bad news sometime. Uh, it does uh, It does look like Deshaun Jackson's going to be back, and that I think is going to be the one – bright spot, if you will, as a Cowboys fan, that still hurts me to say, in this offense, um, because he is he is the guy on that offense that can have that big playability, and Washington's going to be behind from probably the first drive, and they're going to be throwing a lot, and he'll get plenty of targets, so as long as he's on the field and they say he'll be active, I'm willing to put him in a lineup, um, but... Washington's coming off a bye. New England essentially is. They've had 10 days off, so it's kind of a wash there. But New England, you pretty much want to play just about everybody this week. All right. Um, Moving right along here, we've got Tennessee at New Orleans. You mentioned before Antonio Andrews taking over as the lead back in Tennessee there. Um, I guess uh, Bishop Sankey and Dexter McCluster have kind of – fallen by the wayside there, but yeah, yeah, David Cobb, nobody knows what's happened to him. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just, New Orleans, another, it seems like all these teams that are at home this week are playing their their second or third uh, home game in a row, but um, I just, I don't think they'll do, I don't think they'll put up quite the offense they did against the Giants, but I think something's starting to click there, and even if they put up a more modest point total, they could still win this game fairly easily. I'll go with the final score of New Orleans 31 and um, Tennessee 17. We're actually pretty close in a lot of our scores this week. I've got New Orleans 32, Tennessee 14. Uh, if Wait I'm a minute. How any... do you get 32 points? I'm just magic. It doesn't always oh, okay. have, like, a real scientific bias behind it. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> it's possible. Is that Mathematically, it's possible. Or four touchdowns and two safeties. <laughs> all right. I mean, with this Tennessee team, that's entirely possible. But uh, if I'm going to start four anyone on Tennessee two, this two week. Two-point conversions? Maybe. Like, the, the Steelers used to just start doing two-point conversions on their first drive when the season started. That was awesome. I liked that. Uh, But anyway, a little off track here. Uh, One guy I want to start is Delaney Walker, probably the only guy on Tennessee this week. Uh, The Saints give up a lot of points to tight ends, and with Kendall Wright hurt, 
Mariota's back. You, I don't know if he's 100%. At least he looks pretty close to it. But Delaney Walker was still a guy he was looking at a lot before he got hurt. Um, I just Beyond that, I don't think there's a lot of bright spots here for Tennessee. Uh, Drew Brees is going to have a, a pretty easy time putting points up, although I don't think he's scoring seven touchdowns this week. Uh, maybe he'll try to break his record. Hopefully they won't give him a belated interception after the, the scoring is over and <laughs> cost people fantasy victories. You don't sound bitter at all about that. <laughs> well, I didn't have him on any of my teams, but uh, that's what I'm bitter about, not the fact that they took a yeah. gave him an interception at the end. I'll gladly live with an interception if, if a guy throws seven touchdown passes in a week. So yeah, yeah. I might even live with two interceptions. Oh, now you're just getting crazy. Getting yeah, wild. that's true. All right, so speaking of wild and crazy, let's go on to the next game, Jacksonville at the Jets. What do you say about two teams that are not going to be playing in January? I don't know, but you know, it's it's hard to imagine even the Jets blowing this game. You know, I'll go with a final score of Jets 28, Jacksonville 17. I'm taking the upset. Go Jacksonville 21-20. I just, I like it. I like that Ryan Fitzpatrick's a little dinged up. His wide receivers are all banged up. Jacksonville's coming off a bye week. Jets are still trying to regroup after what just happened to them last week. I am I think that if anyone's primed to be upset this week, it is the Jets. Well, I'm sure they're upset after last week, but you know, I, I don't know how upset. Like <laughs> there probably are a lot of hurt feelings in that locker room, but uh, yeah, probably I more just, so now that they're listening to me pick Jaguars against them. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that works out, but um, yeah, that, no yeah. shame, no shame in my game. All right, well let's let's see how you do with this next one then, St. Louis <laughs> you just, at you Minnesota. You just get so frustrated when I do things like that to you. No, it makes the show more interesting. It's kind of boring when we agree on all 14 games, or this week we only have 13 games. But anyway, so St. Louis, everybody was talking about their defense coming into the season. They got off to a so-so start and then went downhill. They reemerged last week. Um, Minnesota was still continuing on that slow, steady march to the Super Bowl. They picked up a game on the Packers last week, so... Uh, another home game for Minnesota, and I think it's going to result in another victory. I'll go with the um, final score of Minnesota 24, St. Louis 17. Ugh, I have to pick your Super Bowl contending Vikings again. <laughs> Wait a minute, I didn't say contending. <laughs> I didn't say oh, contending. sorry, winning. <laughs> big difference there. I'm sorry, I, I misspoke because it was too hard to say the words out loud. Um, I'm taking Minnesota 23-20. Uh, I just, I think this is going to be a surprisingly good game to watch. I just think the matchup's going to be pretty good. Todd Gurley's going to finally be slowed down a little bit this week. Uh, he's going to run into a little bit of a wall in that Minnesota defense. Adrian Peterson and our man Blair Walsh, the Blair Walsh Project, are probably going to be your two X factors here for Minnesota this week. Um, but St. Louis, they're they're getting by pretty much on Todd Gurley and their defense. It's just once you remove Gurley from that a little bit, it's going to slow them down. And I think Minnesota at home is 
going to take the cake this week. I just I don't know what we're going to do if Minnesota actually makes it into the playoffs. Like it's it's just you're going to be insufferable. There's there's no coming back. No, I I <laughs> I mean given given how bad you know most te- I mean the fact that there're four undefeated teams this late in the season suggests to you that there aren't a lot of other teams that are you know, above 500, and that's the case. I think there's only 11 teams out of the 32, if I'm not mistaken, that are at 500 or better, which shows you there's a lot of crappy football being played all across this great land of ours. But uh, I just... Opportunistic yeah, football. <laughs> yeah, it just... <laughs> I, I'm curious what it'll take for you to, to get on the, on the Vikings bandwagon. There's... Still plenty of room here. I'm not quite there yet, though. (laughs) Who who do you think is more likely to wind up in the Super Bowl, the Vikings or the Cowboys? Ask me again in two weeks when Tony Romo comes back, but I still want to say the Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) If we're going to hold on to your crazy notion that the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl, I can still hold on to this. Well, the well, Vikings at least have a winning record. They're five and two now. I mean, what are the? You don't need a winning record to get in the playoffs anymore. That's not. That's not even a requirement. You just have well, to be a little bit better that, than everybody else in the NFC least. Well, the fact that Houston and Indianapolis are tied for the AFC South lead with matching three and five records is is pretty. Well, to be real, Jerry Jones could buy the AFC South if things take a real bad turn here in the next few weeks and just move the Cowboys there. It's not out of the question. Well, they still wouldn't be in first place, at least not at this point. <laughs> no, but, but they could get at least. All right. So now next up we've got, you know, what goes up must come down. There's a balance, counterbalance to everything. Since there's so many home teams playing a second game, at home in a row this week, there must be a number of teams playing their second road game of the week of the in a row this week. One of those teams is Miami. They're matching up with Buffalo in an AFC East matchup. That was a rough one last week. I I was not on point with the Miami pick. I will readily admit that things did not go well for them. (laughs) No, no. They did not, but um, I think they're going to right the ship this week. Buffalo's dinged up. You know, Robert Woods is their you know number one wide receiver right now, which gives you an idea of how dinged up they are. I just, not great. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you can never count a home team out you know, in a game where it's not obvious that one team is much stronger than the other, but I think Miami will – Pull this one out. I'll say Miami 28, Buffalo 21. Ooh, you're picking Miami and I'm not. This might be the first time that's ever happened. I'm There's actually really taking Buffalo. with this picture. I don't know. Maybe I'm sick. I'm not sure. But I'm taking Buffalo 24-21. Uh, may, I mean, this is a game, This is a must-win game for both these teams. They're both 3-4. and four. They both need this game desperately. Buffalo at home, coming off a bye. Tyrod Taylor's coming back. Uh, Cameron Wake is done for the year for Miami. He tore his Achilles last week. Uh, that concerns me a lot. That's a big hit to their defense. I just – the matchup concerns me a little. I don't like Rex Ryan having extra time to prepare for Ryan Tannehill and Lamar Miller. I'm taking Buffalo by a field goal. 
I don't like it, but I'm doing it. All right. Every time you get me figured out, I go and do something like that. (laughs) You do. When I'm zigging, you're zagging, and uh, when I'm zagging, you're off doing loop-to-loops or something. But all right. Now we finally move to the afternoon games, which I know will get you excited. But first up, we've got um, Atlanta at San Francisco. Funny story that was out today about how the 49ers were thinking of benching Kaepernick last week already, but they decided that they would not want to throw Blaine Gabbert to the Wolves you know, last week. So instead, they're <laughs> going to throw him to the Wolves. Yeah, no week. big deal. Um, we just delayed it a week. <laughs> yeah, we just delaying oh, it's God. a stay of execution of sorts but um mm-hmm. yeah i just i i can't see atlanta losing this as bad as they looked at home last week against tampa bay and losing to them i'll i'll go with uh atlanta to win this game 28 to 24 over san francisco i mean atlanta's gotta win this if if there's any way in this universe that Blaine Gabbard's going to take this beat-up 49ers team to beat Atlanta, I'd be shocked. I'm not even sure how it's possible. I've got Atlanta winning 30-21. I think that San Francisco's defense uh, will probably keep them in it since Atlanta is incredibly turnover-prone right now. That's a big issue for them. Uh, but they're going to get back on track this week. Like you said, who? I, I think Blaine Gabbard will make it through the whole game just because I don't really – got to do something to get Colin Kaepernick to stop looking for, like, such a mess. And maybe give him a week off helps. It's like a little paid vacation for him. I don't know. But Matt Ryan is going to have a field day here. Uh, Devontae Freeman we'll talk about later. I think in your daily – obviously he needs to be starting in your weekly leagues, but in your daily fantasy leagues he's probably still worth the price just because value-wise and matchup-wise it's going to be a good day for him. Poor 49ers. Yeah, they're just, they're, uh... They fell so hard so fast. Yeah, and it doesn't look like it's getting any better anytime soon again, and I don't think you can say that's all uh, Jim Harbaugh's doing, but we'll see. So next up, we've got the Giants traveling to Tampa Bay. Giants in second road game in a, in a row, uh... I think this one will go a little bit better for them than the last one did, even if they don't match the 48 points they scored last week. I still think they have a very good shot at winning this game. I'll go with uh, the Giants' offense to uh, put up 34 points and Tampa Bay's to put up 24. I, yeah, I mean, I got the Giants 27, Bucks 21. I, just, I don't think it'll be quite the track meet of last week, and the Tampa Bay defense isn't Parts of it aren't as terrible as they look on paper, but granted, their defense is, is literally about a notch above where New Orleans is, and you saw what happened to them last. defense is made out of paper. <clears throat> it might be. It's possible at this point. They're very young, and they're not gelling quite yet. But uh, the, the Giants defense started the year really well against the run, and over the last few weeks have kind of fallen off the pace there. So I think Doug Martin and Charles Sims are going to – be able to make some noise there, but I think Eli Manning and Odell Beckham are pretty much going to go to town on this Tampa Bay defense. So, obviously, Odell Beckham's leg feeling a lot better, as we saw last week, so I wouldn't worry too much about that one. Uh, but 
I mean, the defense, the Giants' defense is going to give up points. It's just they're not. I don't think James Winston is going to be able to lead that offense to keep up the whole way. All right, let's move on then. Another Peyton Manning homecoming. Denver traveling to Indianapolis. Indianapolis is a mess right now. Denver, arguably, I mean, you can't argue with the fact that they're undefeated. Whether they deserve to be might be another story, and whether they still will be after this game might be another story. But I think they keep it together at least one more week and on the undefeated uh, side, and I'll go with Denver to win this game over Indy. I'll say Denver 30, Indy 24. I'm taking Denver 30, uh, but I've got the Colts only with 17 points. I just – they trouble me a lot right now. Like, I just I don't like a lot of what's happening. Andrew Luck looks a, a bit of a mess. He's very banged up. T.Y. Hilton's not looking good. It's just overall I don't have any warm and fuzzy feelings about the Colts' chances here. Peyton Manning has a little bit of a grudge always coming into Indy. And I think the Broncos absolutely should be undefeated. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have an issue with the fact that it's not Peyton Manning. But their defense can carry them. Their defense is going to be the the difference maker here. That pass rush is going to be all over Andrew Luck. It's going to be a tough day for him. But I just – the Colts are trending very much the wrong direction. The Broncos, this now they put together a two-game win streak. People can get off Peyton's back a little bit. We can worry about something else like maybe Andrew Luck and his turnovers. Um, But – It'll be a good game for like a quarter, maybe a first half. I don't think it's going to stay close the whole way, though. Probably not. So now let's go on to the um, Sunday night game between Philadelphia and Dallas. And you might have heard that uh, Buffalo fans were ranked as the drunkest fans in the NFL, which I'm sure is something they'll be proudly (laughs) tooting their horn about at the game on the. Sunday, but the Eagles fans were not far behind them. Fortunately for them, they're on the road this week, and so the fans don't have to be. Uh, I just, I, I really can't see Dallas winning another game until Tony Romo gets back. And based on that premise, I'll go with the Eagles to win this by four. I'll say Eagles twenty-eight, Dallas twenty-four. I've gone back and forth on this game all day because I, as a biased Cowboys fan, I can see ways where the Cowboys could win this game as, you know, a a sane and, well, arguably sane and logical, rational human being. I want to say the Eagles are going to win this, but I'm going to go and just get crazy and go Cowboys 24, Eagles 21. I think it's going to be the Cowboys defense here. A lot of people are saying DeMarco Murray is going to have a big day at home in Dallas against his old team, but I don't know if that's the case. I would, I mean, as I like DeMarco Murray, I would like to see him do well. Obviously, I'd like it to be next week, but Sam Bradford and just the lack of chemistry with his wide receivers right now makes me a little worried for the Eagles. It just a lot of this is going to depend on whether or not Matt Castle throws to Cowboys players or the Eagles defense, which is why they lost the Seattle game last week. But I'm going to take the Cowboys because they need this desperately, but I wouldn't be shocked if it goes the other way. All right. Um, next up, we've got the Monday night game. Two teams 
Chicago and San Diego that both suffered pretty key injuries last week. Bears losing Matt Forte, Chargers losing Keenan Allen. That's a lot of offense to make up on both sides, I think. As a result, neither team will score perhaps quite as much as they normally would have, but I'll still go with the home team Chargers to win by three points. I'll go with the final score of San Diego 27, Chicago 24. I'm thinking I I actually have the exact same score. I have the Chargers winning. Uh, This might be one of the sloppiest games of the day, uh, well, of the week. It's the only game of the day, so probably the sloppiest of the day anyway. But um, the the Bears and Chargers have combined to allow almost 30 touchdown passes, so I think it's safe to say that the defenses are not going to, you know, this isn't going to end up being a a 6-3 struggle. This is going to be pretty uh, pretty offensive heavy here. Um, San Diego allows more fantasy points per game to running backs than anybody else in the league. So Jeremy Langford's got a great matchup here. Go get him off your waiver wire. Pick him up in your daily leagues, whatever. Um, but I just I think the Chargers probably need this a little bit more because they want to sort of pretend to stay relevant here. Uh, but it just. The Bears are a little too much of a mess, and that Matt, <clears throat> that Matt Forte holds a little too big to fill in just one week, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I don't necessarily uh, we'll see how that one plays out. So between the six teams on bye and all those injuries last week, that's enough to make any season-long owner run for the hills and decide to Crazy. play daily fantasy <laughs> instead. Fortunately for that fan, we've got you covered here. Uh, let's dive right in. Actually, why don't we just change it up a little bit this week since we always run short of time for them. Why don't we start with DraftKings this week instead, and uh, why don't you tell me who, you, uh, who you've got your eye on in DraftKings? Uh, Quarterback-wise, big into Phillip Rivers, obviously. I was literally just telling you why. Uh, he's at 6,900 this week, a little hefty. Um, if you're feeling a little riskier, Jay Cutler, same game, produced similar matchup. He's a mere $5,200. I don't know how much I'd recommend that. But, again, if you're feeling risky, someone who's not going to be as highly owned as a lot of your other options. Or e- Eli Manning at 6900 I also like a lot this week. Matchup-wise, those are probably the three I'm going with. Um, if you're really, really looking for a flyer, Jameis Winston, I don't love it, but it's not the worst pick ever. Derek Carr I like, but his price sure is, is starting to adjust to where he is. Ugh. All right. Yeah, the <laughs> sound analysis is always. How about the running back situation for Daly on uh, DraftKings? Who, who do you have there this week? Uh we talked about Todd Gurley. I mean, everybody in the world knows about Todd Gurley right now. He's at 6,900. Um, it's not my favorite matchup. I like the Jeremy Langford matchup a lot. He's at 4,000. Obviously, his price hasn't adjusted yet. Jeremy Hill at 5,200, although that is a Thursday night game that always makes me scared. Deion Lewis at 6,400. There's going to be offense for everybody in that New England game. Um and I'm thinking about taking a flyer on C.J. Anderson this week at 4,400. We saw him and pretty much the rest of the world in Denver put up some points and yards against Green Bay's defense, but he finally got a touchdown. He finally got some, some meaningful yardage. I want to see him carry it over uh, into the Colts game this week, but that's that's a little riskier pick for me. 
Okay, how about um how about uh, wide res- um yeah, wide receivers? Um well, in San Diego obviously we're down Keenan Allen uh with that lacerated kidney which sucks, but Stevie Johnson at 3200, uh Malcolm Floyd at 3900. Obviously Malcolm Floyd's a little bit more on the radar, but Stevie Johnson's still going to get some looks. Again, if you need to save some money, you're looking for a bit of a reach. Also, Alshon Jeffrey, get him before DraftKings adjusts his price back up to where it should be after last week. He's only at 6700 which is still kind of a lot to swallow, but not nearly as much as some of the other, obviously, top guys out there. Um, those are – and uh, Brandon LaFell in New England, going to be a big game. He's also at 3200 uh, with Gronk maybe getting stifled a little bit, LaFell maybe getting some more looks. And for whatever reason, he's put the ball on the ground a few times, but Bill Belichick still lets him play, so that means he's got something going for him. All right, speaking of Gronk, uh, what about the tight ends on DraftKings this week? I'm loving Ben Watson in New Orleans at four grand. Obviously, last week <laughs> he got a ton of looks. I don't think it's going to be quite as plentiful, but the matchup's good for him. The price is right. Heath Miller still only at $2,700. He's definitely going to be seeing increased looks. Antonio Gates doesn't seem to matter how many pieces his knee could potentially be in. He's at 4700 The matchup is also really good there for him. Uh, Jordan Reed, a little bit of a flyer pick if you're looking for guys who are uh, Delaney Walker we talked about earlier. Um, and then Charles Clay and Greg Olson – uh, Martellus Bennett, they're going to cost you a little bit more. They're kind of on that upper tier of pricing, but production-wise, I think you're going to see more out of them. And keep an eye on Austin Safarian Jenkins. If he plays, if he's active, I don't have a problem starting him. Uh, James Winston's got a throw to somebody. Ross Safarian, as we like to say here. Um, how about the defenses? How about uh, the uh, defenses? <laughs> Super into the Falcons at 3,400. They're definitely going to cost you a little bit. Um, the Vikings at 3,100 are a good play for me this week. Uh, the Eagles 2,700. That one hurts me a little bit, but they're they're cheaper. They're going to, you know, it's not like a ton of points are going to get scored on them. Um, and then the Jets at 3,100. Still a pretty good matchup, even if I think they're going to lose the game. Yeah. <laughs> How is it? How do the Eagles cost less than the Cowboys this week? I don't get that. I have no idea. For the same reason that Alshon Jeffrey still hasn't price adjusted anywhere close to what he should be. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, the one thing that drives me nuts about DraftKings, and I guess you could argue that maybe they cater to more serious football fans, but at least with FanDuel, when you download their uh, player pricing list, it shows you which guys are or, you know, on the injury report and how likely it is that they're going to play. DraftKings yeah. doesn't, so, you know, you still have guys like, you know, Lavian Bell and Matt Forte and Keenan Allen all taking up space, you know, at the top of the salary um, structure this mm-hmm. week. So just Maybe they're just hoping they'll figure. Your yeah, I'm not sure what the thought process is there, but whatever it is, I disagree with it. So um, why don't we take a look at the FanDuel um, lineups now? How about uh, quarterbacks there? Any any changes from what you were recommending for FanDuel? 
Uh, Price-wise, Derek Carr's Excuse a little me, better yeah, for... at seven thousand. Uh, Jameis Winston's at sixty-seven hundred, but I still don't love the Jameis Winston pick. But if you need to save money, that's the way to go. You're down six quarterbacks this week, so uh, what about you? Mm. Ryan Tannehill looks like a nice bounce back candidate to me. Yeah. Jake Cutler, I, I think it's yeah, I, I it just scares me. I'm not it scares impressed. me, but like statistically it could work. <laughs> and then of course Teddy Bridgewater, but the future Super Bowl MVP. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait till they like, make even the playoffs. Even if he makes the Super Bowl, it's run. never going to be him. It's going to be Adrian Peterson. That's who's going to end up being your Super Bowl MVP. It should be Blair. No. That'll never happen. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. How about uh, running backs? You wanted to talk about Devontae Freeman before, and it looks like uh, yeah. Todd Gurley's price has uh, finally caught up with his ability, at least on FanDuel. Yeah, it sure has. Devontae Freeman's going to cost eighty nine hundred. It's it's pricey, but the matchup for me makes it worth it uh, to skim somewhere else. Mark Ingram at seventy seven hundred, I like a lot. D'Angelo Williams sixty five hundred. Jeremy Langford sixty four hundred. Uh, like I said, Williams scares me a little bit more. I think Mark Ingram is kind of a sneaky pick this week. I think he's going to outperform what you're paying for him. So definitely, if you can get him in your lineup, I would. Chris Ivory. Uh, always a good play, but I think Ingram's my favorite in the clubhouse on FanDuel this week. Okay, how about uh, wide receivers on FanDuel? Uh, Michael Crabtree, 5,800. Amari Cooper can't do everything. Someone else has to catch passes there. Yes, I he think can. Crabtree. He can leave tall buildings true. in a single bound. He and Greg Olson, man. That's all you need in the world. That's all you're ever going to need. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey at 7,900. Uh, obviously, it's a little, a little pricier on FanDuel, but still worth it. Mike Evans at 7,500. Still loving Brandon LaFell, 5,200. Such good value. Um, but definitely stack your lineup around him if you're going to do that. So Keenan Allen is listed as being on the IR with an abdominal injury, i.e. the kidneys. And that's yeah. how he's listed on FanDuel. You would think that if the guy's on IR, there'd be no reason to include him in your price list. But for some reason, FanDuel seems to think, well, actually, I think, I, I can't remember DraftKings right now, but you know, FanDuel definitely seems to think that it's worthwhile adding the injured players. Yeah. I mean, I can argue for and against it, I guess. I just, for me, it's more clutter, but eh, what can you yeah, do? Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, how about um, anything uh, tight end-wise there that makes sense for you on uh, FanDuel? Delaney Walker's 5,500, Charles Clay's 57. Uh, I like both of their matchups this week, and with their quarterbacks coming back, definitely good for me there. Uh, Beyond that, it's all the same names. Ben Watson, Heath Miller, Antonio Gates, Greg Olson, the usual suspects. Kind of like Austin Safari and Jenkins. Price at 5200 given his yeah, matchup I mean, with the Giants. Price is great. He's just got to get on the field. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It helps. So, how about defenses? Anyone you want to shout out there on the, on the FanDuel defenses? Uh, the Eagles at 47. The Jets are right there with them. Uh, the Vikings all pretty much in that category. 
the Steelers are 4,600. If you're feeling really crazy, uh, I don't know if I love it, but if you got to save a buck, that's not a terrible way to do it. Um, and the Jaguars at 4,300. I just don't think that the Jets are going to put up the kind of points that they're capable of when healthy. All right. That just about brings us to the end of another wild, wacky week of uh, daily and season-long fantasy football. Uh, any closing thoughts, Janet? No, not really. Just hang out with us all week long on social media, on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. You can find us on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show at Fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16. You can email us at the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com, and we'll be back next Wednesday night at 10 p.m. for another fun-filled hour where Sherpa and I will argue as usual and give you all of the news, notes, analysis, and picks for the week coming up. Um, And good luck this week unless you're playing me, as always.